Welcome to One Thought at a Time with Ian Travers, where we get curious about what makes us tick. I'm here with a man today who will stop at nothing if it means getting behind the wheel of a race car. Welcome, Rich Marsh. Hi. <laughs> that's uh, that's true, right? Oh yes. Hope my wife doesn't see this. But yeah. <laughs> uh, Rich, um, we've I know we've spoken over many years now, but uh, thanks for taking the time to come today. Let's make a start by telling everyone what you do. So I'm a class as a lean consultant. I actually own a lean consultancy, so I have some people that work for me and some contractors that work for us as well. Um, so that's sort of what the, the the core day job is. I've done that for. Oh gosh, it's ticking on 20 years now. And before that, I'm actually one of those, that, the consultants that came out of Toyota. I was at Toyota on day one, pretty much. Um, it was empty when we walked in. There was no equipment. It was just a big shed. This but is Toyota at Derby. Toyota manufacturing, yeah. car manufacturing at Derby, yes. Yeah. So I was there, um, started as a team leader, of which there was about 200 of us in that particular role at the time. Literally, there was no equipment where the lines were. There was just a big concrete trough. There was no nothing. And so we, we were there for two weeks where they taught us a little bit about the, the philosophy and, uh, and the sort of role. And bizarrely, I, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know if I was body shot, paint shot. I just knew I was a team leader and this was my salary. I mean, just imagine that now. You, you <laughs> what? <laughs> Fortunately, I got the body shop because if I got the paint shop, I probably would have gone home because having found out what they do all day, it's not really what I do. But anyway, um, so we had two weeks in uh, in in the, the the offices. We'd been trained on the philosophy and everything, and, and and about Toyota and the history and blah blah blah. That's straight on a on a, a, a Japanese airline to, to, to Sutsumi, the sister car factory, where they stuck a six foot four guy on a Japanese car line. So I've had back issues ever since because yeah. it was about a foot too low. Right. But we did that. Then we got sent to Kentucky just to, because Kentucky was a, it was a Camry factory and it was sort of five, six, seven years ahead of us. Right. So we got sent to Kentucky where they very kindly said, this was what we didn't understand and don't make these mistakes. It's yeah. really useful, actually. So there's how to do it, and then the don't do, don't, don't make do these mistakes, way. lads. And then off we went, and we worked with Pickfords, and literally installed the equipment. We drew the lines, the center lines of the equipment on the floor, and it started to arrive in boxes from Japan. And we installed it, commissioned it, and ramped up from no car, well, a few cars are for testing, and then ramped up the production cars from, this, this definitely happened. I went to my boss, we made 16, on a Friday, and on the Monday we were due to make twenty-five or something, and I was like, "It's not possible, boss." <laughs> and he's like, "And he was from this, and he's, I've got news for you: you're making two hundred in about six weeks." <laughs> so you pull your finger out because it was like it was just we. The ramp up is to find all the faults yeah. and, and the problems and, and the bottlenecks, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, but for a newbie like me, it's like oh, there's no way we can. <laughs> it took us all day to make twenty four. Yeah. Having a laugh, <laughs> can't comprehend this at all. But I did that. Um, we was in at the right time, so there's quite a few of us actually that it went from one shift to two shift, and uh, we got promoted. So, and there's and if you were on that sort of, you made the first promotion. You was in. You, it worked quite well because Toyota grew and grew and then it plateaus. Yeah. And that's when you get the sort of mass exodus where you've just been promoted and and you're doing a job that's... and They build this beast that keeps getting promoted or sent on a different job where you're learning, learning, learning. I got put into the internal consultancy, which dealt with the sort of 
cross-department problems that Kaizen wouldn't deal with because mm. you're getting across management chains and all sorts of things. And that was, you know, another two years of a Japanese sensei, as the outside world calls them, um, training you in even deeper knowledge of the Toyota production system. And then they said, right, you're going back on the line now doing your old job. It's like, hmm, really? That doesn't sound very good. <laughs> what, happened, what happened to the... You know, the development. And, and, and so when, when it sort of plateaus, that's when people leave because right. your boss has been promoted four weeks before you. He's not going anywhere. And suddenly you think, oh, my, my career's stalling. I've only been promoted. <laughs> and is that when you took the leap? Yeah. I mean, it was a con- coincidence. So you don't leave a job unless you're looking to leave a job. So I wasn't thrilled that I'd been put back in my old job. There's a few other things, Wed Todd as well, that, that was, that's not quite for me. Um, Tota is it's a fantastic place. I speak very, very highly of it. But it is a stick to this process. Look at the cars. You know, it's like there's nothing too out there. It's always they're almost like a front end of a Vox or back end of a something. You know, they're all quite conservative. That's what Tota do. We've got this process. We're dear to it. If you start to try and poke around it and push a bit too far, uh, they won't let you. Rightly so, because that's not their system. So it's more of just. It gets to a stage where it's just grind this out, do this, do this. You know, not robot, not robotic at all. It's not switching your brains off at all. That's a massive understatement because that's they use the brains of their staff more than others that I've seen since I've come out. But for me, it was a bit. I was a bit too pokey, wanting to do this. Well, let's try this, let's try that, and it was well, yeah. let's let's keep it a bit calmer. And I was, like, oh, I don't really want to just do this. The idea of being on shifts for the rest of my life, just running a, a body shop, was. Yeah, it was like okay, great, but then what happened was um, a consultancy company had won a gig in Ford, Detroit, and Ford had said we want a global partner to roll this out. We're starting in Europe next. One of the Americans from the consultancy came over, plonked himself in in Dagenham, and just started sticking his fishing hook into Toyota, and and he got a few out, and then and then I was something like number number. 12 I think I was that came out we went on to work with Ford Europe for sort of five or six years okay so that took me out of manufacturing and into consultancy yeah and I was with those nine years I think I've, I've finished up as I ran the show I was global VP that, be careful what you wish for because you <laughs> I mean big chief spreadsheet man right yeah (laughs) and that's all i did was was reporting to to detroit where my president sat i actually finished up in charge of detroit as well but uh and and yeah i was just pushing spreadsheets around and a little bit of looking over the top of the job to make sure the team are doing it but the team of directors underneath me were so strong i wasn't doing it i was more pressing the flesh because of my position it was so be careful what you wish for piece there is that you know this this was progression but then as you move up, you suddenly realise that actually this isn't doing what I really, really want to do. Yeah. I, I like to... Don't get me wrong. If I go into a... So I'll run... I'm quite... I got there running projects well. So I'd go in. So we run a, a huge, huge global one with a, a train manufacturer. And um, so me and a couple of other guys went in, figured out what the problem was. It, wasn't, it was actually an engineer who found what the real problem was. But then we created it into a system... And then I rolled that out, and it went. We did literally globally. We we every train in the UK that was bombarded um, was was touched. Yes. Um, and we did New York Metro is all over the place. Amtrak all over the place. And um, 
it was really working so you know success is fun as well even though I, I i spent more time in the sky than on the, than on the floor yeah flying around sorting this stuff and i really enjoyed that now i will get bored once i've decided what the process is i'll i don't want to be there to do it it's like so I've figured almost, out what it is. I'm bored now. Is it <laughs> so, like is it is it the chase? The chase and the problem fix that is the It's defining the problem fix. The chase I don't particularly like. Right. Anyway, I've I finished up doing that. Um I really enjoyed that. What I don't really enjoy is being the next tier above that, where I honestly had a boss ask me, Why have you done less revenue in February? And I said, We charge by the day and there's less days. <laughs> and he asked me what I was going to do about it. So I said, what, what, are we doing the Mayan calendar now? What do you want to do? And, we go, <laughs> and I was like, I've got to get out of here. This right. is, this is, and it was, he was, I actually liked the chap, don't get me wrong, and he was supportive of me, but some of his behaviours I started to pick up, because you do from yes. your boss, and he's like, I don't want those, I'm getting out of here. Right. So I literally stepped out of consultancy for quite a few years and said, one, I was, I'd, I'd got, um, you, you know, my, my daughter was on her yeah. way, so that's not great if you're in Detroit and yeah. you've got no choice. Um, so we, uh, as a family, have decided it was better. I, I changed. I had this fantastic idea <laughs> to, to start a touring car team. So, right. In the middle of all this. Well, it was much better. In the middle of a financial crisis. Yeah, of course. <laughs> so, yeah. So, so that's a British small point, but vital. Okay. That, yeah. you know, we started in, would that be 2007? Anyway, um, so we were sort of semi-works Alfa Romeo touring car team. Right. That's a good way to make someone wealthy, not wealthy. <laughs> not that I was wealthy, <laughs> but I was a lot less wealthy afterwards. That was horrendous. So how... So from from that career, how, how was there an interest there? How did how what, yeah, so what happened? How, so, did you, how did you end up doing so that? So when I was uh, yeah, I'm Derbyshire boy. We've got minis and RS two thousand Mark twos. That was our thing when we were seventeen, and so we were car car guys. Me and all my mates were car guys. We'd shoot off to Chatsworth every time the RAC rally was there. We'd be up in the woods somewhere. You know, we sneaked in. We we and we're watching it up there, and it was you know fantastic. And then we did, I got a couple of minis and then I had an RS2000 and yeah, I'm playing with it. You know, I'm, I'm, I've bolted some, some twin 45 Delortos on it. I'm doing all the work. And then that got stolen. So I bought a Volkswagen Corrado and I opened the right. bonnet and went, I don't even know what that bit does. I don't know what that is. <laughs> I've no idea what that bit does. <laughs> so it was, but we were, we were car, we were car guys. I was working at Toyota and I, I don't know if it was in autosport or something, but the, um, the Jim Russell racing school was, Donington. Right. And Donington yes. was owned by the um, the Wheatcrofts. And th this school was quite serious, but it was more a single-seater school. And There's um, and one of the previous guests on here, Andy, who is now in minis and motorbikes. He he had similar, he had stories of, of that, that driving school too. Yeah, so, so yeah, there was, it was a, it, it was a big competition because, and they used to come from all over the world because a Canadian won it. There's a formula Vauxhall Junior and whoever... I can't quite remember how it was. So there's there's a course every month, and it was a whole week, and I, w I was in Vectors, but there was a Formula Vauxhall Junior, and whoever won that, and then at the end there was a shootout for all the, I don't know, six or eight courses that ran. Whoever won the shootout got a fully funded Formula Vauxhall Junior drive. 
So you can imagine they're coming far yeah. and wide for that. Yeah. The Americans are coming over, the Australians are coming over, the Scandinavians are coming over. You know, Kimi Raikkonen was in Vauxhall Junior at one stage. But it was very much, it was all UK motorsport. Um, so these guys were coming over. But then on the side of that, they tagged on, same course, but for Vauxhall Vectras, yeah. for touring car drivers. So I'm sat and, I, and it was, I can't remember, it was, it was sort of like two grand, it was a lot of money at the time for a guy on 13. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, yeah. I want to do that. So yeah. I saved up and went and did it. And at the end of it, there's a race. And uh, if you've been on that race, if you've been on the one before, you can turn up and pay just to enter that race. So there's okay. about 15 of us racing. Some of them have done this. We're all novices, but some of us have done the course. And then there's everyone who's on. Actually, there's more. There's everyone who was on this course is is there for that one race on a Sunday. And yeah. I won. <laughs> And that's that was that was where the problem started. Right. <laughs> so I was like, I'm quite good at this. Right. And, and anyway, I um, so I actually did a couple. More, the I did a part. So you know, I hadn't got much money at all. So I was like, I did a couple of those extra races, um, because that's all I could afford. And then eventually, I, I think I got promoted, um, and I took the plunge into fiestas. Right. So I bought a car on finance. <laughs> don't do that you didn't tell them you were using that for racing then, did you? <laughs> <laughs> might not have yeah um bought a car and um placed it with one of the, the, the a good team the team that had won the year before colin stankham he's, he's not very flashy but colin is a great guy at getting people into that level of motorsport not messing them about you know colin would not charge you for something if you were struggling financially yeah that is just sort of heard of yeah. you know and so I got a lot of praise for Colin because he helped me and, he, and you know some of the bills I didn't pay until December the following year you know because yeah. I took me all that time and he was fantastic like anyway so I raced in Fiestas and then Fiestas did two or three part seasons of that I did okay but literally my my championship was Colin Turkington Gordon Shedden Gareth Howell Nick Padmore who's now world champion in classics right and and professional all four of those are professional there's others as well but those are, there's 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 six touring car champions because <laughs> as in the, the colin turkington and gordon shed and i think they've got six between them right gareth howell is uh he, he now is the chief test uh driver on the murray fan car comes through mclaren he's won everything he gets in um, he's my pro actually that's right. in, in the car with me Gareth's yeah. a friend of mine and uh, so and then there's there's six foot four me these are all like 16 these kids are as well, <laughs> as well. the six foot four 30 year old me that's like half as heavy again and Maxi Jazz the lead singer of Faithless right me and Maxi qualified next to each other up Brands Hatch I remember it well because my instructor says you'll be there with your foot on the clutch with your leg and you are you're like yeah. and both of us were like how have we got ourselves here what are we doing? This is madness. <laughs> and everyone I've met who are ready stuff, you would happily, if someone said, would you like me to get in and drive? you go, bingo, that's yeah. a great idea. I'm off. <laughs> I and is that the, the nervous energy at, at yeah. that point? Yeah. Once you've done it, it's literally yeah. the first time you've done it, yeah. you've done it. But the... Oh. My friend who's... Who, another guy, same sort of career history to me, he, he um, went into GT Cup and he'd been doing some testing in an Aston GT4 he was at Donington and he's like... Do you want to put my helmet on and you do it? <laughs> I was like, I, I'm not, I don't want to pay for it, mate. I don't care. He's like, just, just you do it. It's and all the, this is going on at the same time that you're 
you know, you're you're in your like career. Charity. Yeah, charity. Like charity, yeah. So it's really not quite sure how that got funded, if I'm <laughs> honest. There's probably a lot of credit cards involved and a lot of pain. Um, so yeah, so uh, Toyota when I started, I was 30, I think, and I started doing the, the formula Vauxhall and I, I tried to get Toyota interested because at the time, the Honda had a team. Honda factory had a one-car touring car team. The lads used to, the factory te- people used to run it with a bit of guidance from, from a professional and they had a professional driver in it. But I was like ignoring that, but I was putting myself forward for that role. Yeah. <laughs> but um, we could never get them to bite. It wasn't the right time in their, in their uh, cycle. They were still growing, whereas Honda had leveled off and was slightly different. And then- so you've got, so you've, got well, this, you've got this sensible work going on and you've got this passion growing, you know, um, getting behind the wheel of a car. What were those around you saying to you at that point? Were they, yeah, go, you know, make your money in motor racing, or were they saying, steady You're on mad. down? You're mad, okay. Yeah. Tell me a bit more about that. So so it was obvious I'm never going to be a pro in motor racing. They start when they're six, <laughs> and, and they're not six foot four. Yeah, it, it, was, it was clearly a hobby, but then once I'm into something, I want to do it. So it was, yeah. and, it, and it's the same now, and you'll see it, with the mini boys, they all have this aspiration. I want to be a touring car driver. This sacred, people think you're cool if you're not cool, but you, they think it's the pinnacle. Yeah. The reality on that grid is most people are paying to be there. Mm. There's not many that are being paid. Mm. There's a lot more in British GT that are being paid to be there. Yeah. A lot more. You know, the pros would go go to GT racing because that's where the money is. Touring cars, you've got to bring your money with you. People think that they make they're being paid a fortune, but they ain't. Not the same amount of money sloshing around. So yeah. there's no way they're being paid huge amounts of money. So I know when when we first started talking, I forget how many years ago it was now. You know, you were talking about you know what what success was for you in in, in most sports. So tell me a bit about you know what what were your aspirations then? What what's happened? What you know what are you aspiring to do next in in that space? So. I was one of those that I want to be in touring cars. <laughs> that looks cool. <laughs> that looks more fun. It's the main event. Actually, my logic was it's the main event. It'll be easier to get sponsorship because they've got the TV, they've got the you know, stronger branding. And the reality is you have to get more sponsorship, so it's yeah. just as hard. Yeah. Um, but so I went into that, and actually I had someone who I was working with who um, he landed Varta Batteries as a sponsor, and. And he says, you can drive that car. And, and anyway, we knew it was awful. But I'm like, well, it's free. I'm getting in. Yeah. But possibly a mistake because <laughs> it, was, it was awful. And you've, saw, you've seen what it's like driving an awful car. It, it can destroy you mentally, but it can also, you, you just, it ruins your possibility of sponsorship because sponsors say, what did you do last year? Well, I didn't finish most of my races because the car felt a bit or whatever. Yeah. Literally, it, well, I got in once and the, the engineer says, the gearbox will blow up before you get over the finish line, over the start line. Okay. That's great for confidence. Yeah. So it was like, and I was working with the guy at the time and was having a bit of fun, but it was like, this isn't, we weren't motor racing. We, we were out on that. We were not motor racing. We were not in that race at all. And um, so I sort of helped with that. And I'm thinking, well, you know, the car's got a bit better the year after, but it was still awful. It was awful. And, um, then I sort of managed to get a, a bit more funding myself, and that was when I was going to buy an Integra, which was cleaning up at the time. They were coming to the end of their life, but for a, 
independent, buying an Integra was the sensible thing to do. Yeah. Reasonably low cost to run. They, uh, and Team Dynamics who built them would help us. We, we know them well. They, they were very good at supporting their their customers that had bought a car off them. They'd give you all the data they had. You know, they were really yeah. good. So it's like, we're going to do that. And then um, a now friend of mine, Gary Ailes, who's an ex-touring car, ex-Le Mans uh, driver. Gary says, we can get two factory uh, Alfa Romeos. Oh, they sound good. And, and the brand was great. And I was working in the um, in some of the agencies in London. A friend was helping me. And they were very interested in the Alfa Romeo brand. And I actually got an offer of 400 grand for two for both cars. So 200 grand a car. Yeah. And my teammate says, not a chance. I want more. <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> you haven't got anything. So it just became a nightmare. And but also Alfa Romeo, who, who there's a lot of politics in motorsport, and Alfa Romeo um, are Italian, and it the championship. I think it was a European championship. It might have been called the World at the time, but it was run by Italians. And let's just say the cars we got weren't the same ones that they were using. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably reasonable to say. And mine was actually Giovinazzi's car, and he was then in the Vauxhall, and I called him over to, to say my car won't turn under these circumstances can you help me and I'm no threat to him so he came over and he went where's the rest of it <laughs> I was like I don't know what do you mean he's like well that's not that's different that's different oh great so th- what became very apparent was even though I'd got to touring cars it was costing a fortune and I wasn't in the race I'm not good enough I'm not I'm a gentleman at best I'm not even that you know I'm not a top gentleman either there's guys who are committing hours of time and <clears throat> millions of pounds some of them i'm reasonably experienced in time but not as in started when i was 30 now 50 yeah but i'm not particularly experienced in time in a car if you look you'll see i'm not in it but testing it's like what's that haven't got that budget yeah i've had a seat fitting on the friday in in the garage at brands hatch yeah and i've been on the grid on the radio going what res do i start (laughs) but having i mean check that out for prep you know, it's interesting because, I mean, you, you mentioned uh, Le Mans a little while back. And, I, you know, tell, tell us the story about Le Mans because you've actually raced at Le Mans, right? I, not in the main race. No. So I've not raced in the Le Mans 24 hours, is what people call Le Mans. Mm. But I've raced on the Saturday morning of the main race. There was quite a few thousand people staring at us. Um, and that was the work we were doing where, mm. where it was you weird things start to happen. <laughs> So I'd, as you know, I'd listed all the things that I wanted to do, and one of them was race at Le Mans. Now, don't get me wrong; it, it was race in the twenty-four hour of Le Mans. Hmm. Thinking that's a ridiculous target, but shoot high, yeah. <laughs> so, but it was also thinking that's several years away. But if we can work to that, that would be fantastic. That really is ticking boxes. Literally less than a year later, my friend who I was on about with the Aston says. There's a race at Le Mans, a support race in the morning. And it's this much money. And do you want to share with me? <laughs> yeah. So off we went. So off you went to Le Mans. I, I, I honestly, this definitely, I'm not making this up. So Dean, it was Dean's car. So, you know, the, one of the things of Le Mans, rolling start. So yeah. it's his car. So you do the rolling start. Because I'm thinking, I do not. Because you've been there since Tuesday. I do not want to destroy this guy's car. He doesn't even get a go. You know, yeah. on race day, he can do that. It's his car, and he's yeah. giving me a sort of good deal. Yeah. So you get to go first. So he goes out first, 
He's got a lot less uh, car experience to me, so he was very, very nervous. And one of the things, I suppose, racing in touring cars and British GTs, you learn the, the, the crowd and the size of the event doesn't particularly phase you. Yeah. And a British touring car race, there's more focus on you than that than there is on a support race at Le Mans. Nobody cares in the crowd. They're watching it, but they don't know who you are. They don't care. Um, so, And it was a fun race as well. You know, there's um, Chris Hoy's in it. Uh, Martin Brundle's in it. There's um, the boss of Aston Martin in it. Um, uh, Chris, the... the um, the, the Top Gear guys in it. There's, yep. there's Vulcans at the front. There's works, Jeep, Le Mans cars in there as well. There's some serious kit. And at the back of us, there's about 25 of us in Aston GT4s. Yeah. So we're like the plebs at the back. There's most of us because that's the cheapest car to run. But no one cares. Everyone's interested in the Vulcans and the celebs and, and whatever. Anyway, I'm stood on the... And, and my, my teammate was really worried. So I'm like the the senior of the team, like Simon, to keep him calm. So just do it, you know, keep out of the way. You've got nothing to prove. We're not trying to win anything. We'd had problems with a gearbox, so we'd qualified 29th. Um, so it was, it was. You know, this is fun. We're not in this race at all. Yeah. Um, and there was categories. So in, in ours, I think we were 19th in our category. Hmm. Um, so we're towards the back. I'm like, just go enjoy. It doesn't matter. Yeah. So I'm completely relaxed. It's like, he's going to give me the car. There's loads of people on the track. So it's not like we're all jammed together. You're going to be spread out. I'm going to do two or three laps because they're long laps and we haven't got that long. In 20 minutes, I was in. Job done. Go and watch the race. You know, And we get to go on the track. The track is awesome. The track is sell your granny sort of stuff. It's like, <laughs> I need to do that again. That is just amazing. How they do it at the speeds they go. And he's like, whoa, they're good. But um, but I was stood waiting and this and and... And the the engineers says comes across and says Dean's coming in this lap, and and I can remember and I I just put my helmet and I turned around and Tom Christensen, Mister Lamont, looking all tanned and like very wealthy, <laughs> literally stood there and I went, oh hello Tom, and I put my helmet on. I went, hold my water and watch this, and <laughs> <laughs> got in the car. And he was stood there like, oh good, no, he's a, he's a that, that quote. I I love that. You know. <laughs> Hold that, watch this. Yeah, no, I think do not destroy it on the way out. But, and then the car was working great. Uh, and this is sort of, it's almost a regret. So I'm doing all right. I'm overtaking cars. I'm thinking this is good. I'm driving around a little bit of a gearbox problem. But, so I'm thinking, I'm doing okay. I'm having fun. I've, I've overtook some of the celebs and all that. But, you know, you'd expect that, the celebs. And, anyway, this one car comes flying past me through the Porsche curves, which are pretty scary. If you, you know, you've got, we only, I probably went around Le Mans track 15 times tops and you're working your way, it's a long thing. So you're working your way through and the Porsche curves are kind of at the end. You know, that's the bit that you think, I'm not going to, because I get this wrong, as some did, you're going home. Your yeah. car's going to be destroyed. It's not my car. So I'm sort of reasonably sedate through there. It's quite a tricky corner faster. This guy comes honking past me in a GT4. So I'm thinking, well, if, if that's what some of the kids are doing, I'm not even in this race. So I tried to keep up with him a bit, but he was gone. Turned out a local French guy. He actually won our category. Right. I came fourth. Wow. And I didn't know because no one was paying any attention. And we'd overtake. Dean had done fourth. some. It's <laughs> fourth in GT4 fastest out and was catching the person in third and then we find out there's a podium it's like 
that's awkward. Uh, and do you do you I think couldn't... some of that is because you're saying you know well it was just we we're just going to have fun so we were just going to go and yeah, yeah, yeah. totally relaxed and I've been on my sim for ages and and so I, I kind of arrived knowing where the track went I was quite well prepped but didn't care and it was like but I wasn't on the limit because it was like the Priority number one was give Dean his car back because yeah, I'd have won the bill for an Aston Martin with a yeah. new front end. Fourth. But we came fourth, yeah. Dean and, still winds me up now. You should have won come third there. We'd have a trophy at Le Mans. Yeah. And, that, and that comes from being careful what you wish for because that, yeah. that was something, and you, I think you said things just started to happen and that was just something you were just so focused on and then it pops yeah. up. It, it's The way I just got is you, you see them. So that probably would have happened anyway. There's probably one last month, last Le Mans, and I've no idea. Well, I think it was a Carrera. I don't know. But when you're looking for it, you're not looking for it. You're going to wonder where's a you know a drive for Le Mans. But when you're sort of, I don't know, you just, I don't know, it's, it, it comes to you. You, you hear it. Yeah. You, you've got to what? You've got to. <laughs> the I'm, opportunity I'm the seems so, to present yeah, itself. Yeah, you, you pick. You you either pick it up or it was weird. I see Morgan Freeman and Will Smith. I don't know if they're great examples, but they're they're sat there going, "You can do whatever you want to do," and they're touching on the same space. They're saying, "Make if you want to be a, if you want to be an astronaut, decide you want to be an astronaut and crack on." Yeah, and, and, and believe in yourself. Now, don't get me wrong. If I sit there and go, "I'd quite like to be centre forward for Man United," <laughs> you got to have some reality check on what you do, and and maybe there's some that what you believe is achievable, someone else wouldn't believe was achievable. So well, you know, if I put a picture in my head that says I can achieve look, touring cars, you know, if you sat there, you, you're earning thirteen grand, bolting doors on in a car factory, you're probably not going to be able to offer, <laughs> muster up three hundred grand to go and be a touring yeah. car driver at the time. And, but we and, got on it, and lots of lots of disappointments in the way that probably oh. made you tempted to to walk away. Yeah, what I realised was I'm not in this race. I'm on the grid. I'm not in this race. I'm just making noise at the back. I'm literally making noise and burning tires. And and I'm not. And I'm. And my my wife says, "You seem to be spending money to annoy yourself." <laughs> Coming home and she'd be like, "What? What's a motorsport? There is no middle ground. It's either that was epic and you've probably got a trophy. Not always, but you've. It was epic or it was awful. You don't come home. What was it like? That was all right." Yeah. There is no middle ground, is there? There's, there's yeah. fantastic or... Or not. Or, or this, very <laughs> much not. So I used to be a footballer. And regionally, I was all right. You know, I was quite good. Captain of the school, played for the sort of region, that sort of thing. And I'd walk onto a pitch and I'd be like, right, well... And then, you know, you know each other when you're playing regionally. It's like, yeah, you ain't going to beat me. Yeah, we'll win this. Or if we don't win, this guy ain't going to do anything that I'm marking... So I'd be like, yeah, yeah, they're gonna beat me. You know, we might not win, but this guy's I've got him in my pocket. Sometimes proven very wrong. Yeah. But 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 um yeah, that would be my behaviour. When I got to touring cars, even fiestas, because he's like, you know, karting champions and all sorts, it was like I suddenly started going, Well, he's better than me, he's better than me, he's better than me. And guess where I finished? Huh. Where I'd mentally prepared myself to be that's where I fit in. And then you see some kid come out that I'd never heard of jump into a touring car for one day and stick it like fourth or fifth. Oh, well, I, that's not how it works, son. Right. <laughs> we don't know who you are. Get back there. Yeah. But they, they'd got none of that. They're like, I want to be a touring car driver. This is my one shot. I so need to drive really well. They hadn't put any of those barriers in there. They hadn't put any of those barriers in there. They're better than me as well, don't get me wrong. But what suddenly was like, hang on a minute, GTs is 
is me's. There's the me's of the world. The the at the time, by the time I'd realized, yeah, the sort of businessmen as they call they call them the gentleman driver. Half the time you're funding it as well yeah. for the pro in the other side, which is what we do with Gareth. It's like, well, actually, that I'm back in the game now. So as a as a as an am, I can hold my own. I'm not the best, but I'm nowhere near the worst. And, and can, is that can, where that belief thing then changes? Totally. Totally, and I even remember the day it happened. Suddenly, that I was like, there. as as an am, I, I yeah, I can hold my own. That's as a brilliant. pro, you know, they're two seconds quicker, one and a half seconds quicker, whatever it is, more in the wet. But suddenly, that belief was like you were on the on the football pitch. Suddenly, there was yeah. that that confidence. It's like okay, try and uh, I, I I can do this. I I'm I'm I have no reason to doubt. Because my role is simple. I haven't got to beat the pros. If there's a pro out and he drives off, it doesn't matter. So that was when it changed very much so. And then a few years later, I went into GT Cup and we won the first six or eight races. That's amazing. Money then. But it was... What a, what a journey. So from from Toyota at its startup through to Link Consulting, somewhere along the line, get bitten by the motorsport bug. Yeah. Um, to Le Mans saying... Hold that. Watch this. <laughs> yes, so I'm going to ask you one more question. Mm-hmm. So knowing what you know now, if we could crack time travel, let's assume we can, and you could leave yourself a note in an envelope for the younger Rich Marsh, what note would you leave yourself knowing what you know now, do you think? Motorsport-wise, would be do it properly or not at all. The advice I'm giving my children, so my daughter's 17 now, just going to college, and um, my advice to her is, is do what you enjoy because you've got to do that for the rest of your life. So I've, I've had a job, as I mentioned, mm. that I don't want to go to fly to Detroit to look at spreadsheets. You've got no choice. You're in it. So you, you look to get yourself out of it. But that's not fun. Well, you don't, I think if you enjoy it, you will succeed at it. You can define what succeed is. That's different yes. for different people. Yeah. But my advice to them is do what you enjoy because if you enjoy it, I think you'll get to be rather good at it because because <laughs> <laughs> you're going to, aren't you? That's brilliant. You won't just do nine to five if you enjoy it. It's not a job. Fantastic. That's what I think for sure. Rich, we could chat for ages and ages. Thank you ever so much for that today. Uh, thanks for Welcome. being my guest on here. So that has been One Thought at a Time uh, with Ian Travers and my guest this time, Rich Marsh. Um, if you have enjoyed the conversation, please do like and share and uh, look at the rest of our chats in our uh, back catalogue. Uh, you can also find us uh, on Spotify, on Apple Music uh, and also on YouTube. Look forward to seeing you next time.